you have an inquisitive mind? Where do you go for answers? Imagine if the natural world held an answer to every question. Welcome to the Flowerhood Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Frankfurt. I'm on an orchard growing avocados and there's something going on. The more time I spend in nature, the more I learn about myself. Is it possible that until we connect with nature, we never truly flourish in our relationships, community, businesses or health? Oh boy, this is no ordinary gardening podcast. Join me at my kitchen table for wide and varied conversations with old and new friends from around the world. I'll be asking questions on how they connect with nature, what the research shows us, and look for ways we can incorporate these learnings into our lives. Let's get started. Kia ora, welcome to the Flowerhood Podcast. Great to have you here, listening. How's your week going? When I first meet people and they ask me what I do, I usually reply, oh, you know, I work on an orchard. And I often get that question, oh, were you brought up on a farm? And I understand the connection, you know, rural life and New Zealand, it kind of goes hand in hand. Living here in this beautiful green country, and we're known for our primary produce, known for our sheep stations, our dairy farms, and of course our kiwifruit industry. The thing is, is that I wasn't brought up on a farm, and until I bought this orchard seven years ago, oh my gosh, that freaks me out when I think about that, seven years. It feels, it actually feels like it's about four, but anyway, when I first bought this, I had never stepped on an orchard, let alone worked on one. So I met someone last week and and they asked me the question, you know, what do I do? And was I born, was I born on a farm? Uh, which is why I'm sort of talking about this. And then they kind of kept on with this follow-up question, which was, well, how did you learn to operate an orchard? And I was like, oh, uh, ooh, me, am I like the most unlikely orchardista? Well, so I kind of started to splutter out an answer. and But then the interrogation kept on coming. <laughs> and it was like, oh, do you do it with your husband? And I was like, no, uh, no, 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 no husband. Well, how did you learn it? Okay, I was feeling like this woman was kind of being a little bit snotty and aggressive. And she got me on a really bad day. And I was triggered by this kind of deluge of self-doubt in my head that started to circulate. I don't know if you ever have this, but it was kind of went along the lines of, oh, how do I do it? How do I do it? Oh, do I do it? And oh God, am I really doing it? Am I doing it? Am I doing it badly? Should someone else be doing this? Should I be doing it differently? Should she be doing it? Am I out to to run an orchard? Have I got it? Have I got what it takes? Am I meant to be running the orchard? Am I not running the orchard? Anyway, so I kind of like told her I read a book, which was true. And 
learned on the job, which was also very true. And I could see her chin jut out and she took another breath and she was preparing to launch into another line of questions. And I just knew that this would lead me into more confusion. And I did a very cowardly thing. I, I ran off to the toilet and hid. So it was a bit of a bad day and my chattering monkey mind was in the driving seat. Most days I send that monkey to the back seat. Most days I would say I have shoulders back, chin up, deep breath, smile on my face and I tell you exactly what you need to know because Alex, the one with her shit together, is driving the bus. And you're lucky because I think today Alex is driving the bus. So this podcast is about five things to think about when when you're thinking about buying an orchard or you've just bought an orchard. So this is for anyone sitting at their office, looking out the window, dreaming of escaping the city sidewalks and heading to green pastures. Or perhaps you are listening to this in your car, you're waiting in a long line of traffic and you've got your your COVID-19 face mask gone because you've worked out that you can sort of use it as a filtering mechanism for the pollution. And you look across at those distant hills and you think, wow, how much healthier would I be if I lived in the countryside? Wouldn't it be great if I owned that little boutique winery, apple orchard, gorgeous little walnut farm. And so this is for all those who have that beautiful dream of waking up to birdsong, feeling excited about going to work, stepping out onto the grass each morning, pulling on your work boots and walking 20 metres into the orchard, your new office. It's the office that you want, morning tea, it's that office that when you want your morning tea, you pull out a thermos and you probably sit there breathing in the spring air, surrounded by thousands of flowers, and the air is humming with bees. Or, you know, perhaps it's kind of like a long, hot summer's day and you're watching your fruit grow, or, or it's a beautiful blue sky autumn day with cooler evenings and you're you're getting ready to harvest, or perhaps it's all finished for this year, and you're out there staring up at a winter starry night sky, and it just smells so fresh. So your life and office work is dictated by the season, and it feels so good and so natural, and you feel so in touch with Mother Earth. Deadlines don't really exist because you've found that way to work where there's no hurry, no pause. And here you are having that dream, that big dream. So what would I say, my tips? Well, number one tip, dream on. You can do this. No, you don't need to have a degree in horticulture, permaculture, biology or botany. Look, it's great if you do. Read everything you can. Educate yourself. But it's not necessary. You can do this. 
You just need you and a belief that this is possible. And if you've run out of belief, then just have some faith. Faith that as you start, you're going to have the most accommodating, generous, thought-provoking, magical teacher, Mother Earth herself. You're going to learn lessons, and there is scope to learn. Adapt, learn, adapt. You have time to do this. And one of those big things that I really learned on the orchard was that the more people I met who gave me advice, they all had different ways of doing the same thing. So it really came down to trial and error. I encourage you to design that dream and think about what are the emotions that you really want to wake up with? What's the emotions that you want to feel throughout the day and go to sleep with? What are the key lifestyle values that you want out of having this orchard? Are you doing this because you want physical labor? You want to feel that you've earned your sleep each night. You want to be out in the elements. You want to work close to the earth. For you, this is like honest work. It's rewarding, satisfying. Or do you want to do this because you're just feeling really committed to producing this beautiful, nutritious piece of fruit or product? You're environmentally friendly. You have a dream of turning up at the farmer's market in that cute little truck each week, laden with your beautiful produce. And, you know, you're there to inspire and and delight the local community. And you feel part of that community, part of this kind of collective. You're interested, you're engaged, and you're approaching this this with intelligence. You have the satisfaction of feeling like you make a real difference. Or perhaps this is a dream that you want to achieve high income. You are interested in this as an investment. You want to buy that orchard or that winery. You've seen the returns. It ticks the boxes. You know the land is valuable in itself and the product you grow can be done in such a way that you have that capital appreciation and then you also have that ongoing return year after year. You see the opportunities for development and you look at this as an operation that you can oversee. Or perhaps this is a dream around how you want to live with your family. You want to be in an environment where your kids are running around with the chickens, they're podding peas, they know where the food on the table comes from, and they get their little fingers dirty and they learn how to grow things and they have that incredible joy from seeing something grow. Well, my advice to you, whatever your dream is, it's great. And it's perfect for you. There is no right or wrong way to go about this, guys. Like, know it in advance. Because when you choose your orchard, 
that dream is going to dictate a lot of things. Which would bring me to point two. Size matters. <laughs> yes, it does. Okay, so is your dream like a one-woman show, one-man show? Realistically, then, is the size of the orchard or vineyard that you're going to buy, is it really manageable for one person? Is the size economical or is it actually too small to be economical? You know, too small and your costs of running it will eat all your profit. An orchard double the size might have almost exactly the same fixed costs of running and yet, you know, you're going to have a lot more profit coming off it because there's more production and more return. So it's too small and there's no room for expansion or other income revenues that you might be wanting to do later on. Too small and there's not enough return to pay workers. So you are stuck doing every job yourself. Too small and you may find yourself working seven days a week and never seeing your kids. On the other hand, it could be too big and you may find yourself working seven days a week and never seeing your kids. Too big and you might find yourself hands off. That might not be what you want. You might find yourself stuck in the back office running it from a distance. So what I'm saying is perhaps if you are after the income, big is beautiful in that case. You know, big can equate to running an empire. And as long as that's what your dream is, you're going to have happy days. Big, big production, big return. Just remember, remember number one, dream on. Remember what your specific dream is, because that needs to dictate the size of place that you take on. My third thing I would give a tip on would be walking on sunshine. Okay, this one is all about sunlight. Remember back at school, photosynthesis. My very simplistic explanation of photosynthesis, and I will apologise in advance to anybody of any scientific knowledge out there because uh, you'll be appalled probably. Photosynthesis. The leaves on the trees capture the light energy of the sun to power photosynthesis. Chemical reaction takes place with sunlight and CO2 and the water from the plant. And then this creates sugars known as starchy carbohydrates. Okay, these are the building blocks of all plants. And oxygen is a byproduct of this. I know, I probably just actually missed out all the bits about chlorophyll, electron stealing <laughs> enzymes. But hey, the important thing is the sunlight. Sunlight, sunlight, sunlight. Here in New Zealand, we are a southern hemisphere country and it's good to choose a north-facing orchard. If it's got a slope, you want the southern part of the orchard to be the higher end of the slope. Availability of sunlight. Oh my gosh, this is the success to growing. You want a good crop. 
You want a crop that pays your bills and makes you profit. And every plant needs light and a very minimum of two to three hours per day hitting that leaf. And in the case of avocados, it needs to continuously have two to three hours of, of light hitting that leaf. This is where the magic happens. And don't forget that you have to contend with even less light in winter. When the sun is lower, closer to the horizon, and there's less daylight hours in the day. Think about that when you're looking at the orchard. What time are you of the year are you looking at the orchard? Factor in, is there going to be light on this orchard during the winter? Or is there a whopping great shelter belt of trees that is going to shadow my productive trees? If there's a gentle slope, hooray, like this is like a rock concert. You know, we all want to look at the rock god, the sun. So those behind and further back, they kind of need to be higher up. You need to pop them up on, on, on your shoulders. So just imagine it's like your favourite band. You know, you to have a little bit of a slope can be a really good thing. The trees behind get to see the light. Now, the amount of sun can also include reflected sun as well. So one of my best avocado trees is one which is actually growing next to a shed. And it's the roof of the shed that is reflecting the light off it. So it's kind of like the trees getting double bubble of light. It gets light directly, directly coming down and hitting the leaf. And then it's got the kind of reflected light hitting it as well, hitting up and through the through the branches. Okay, and now the sad news. There's something I have to break to you about sunlight. You may find when you walk around your trees, you actually need to sacrifice some trees in an orchard. At the very least, you have to sacrifice some limbs because as you walk around, you'll find that some of your trees may be shadowing other trees. Now this can be a very difficult thing for a grower to do because if there is fruit on a limb, it is dollar signs and it's really difficult to cut that limb. So I would recommend that you do this in between cropping seasons, okay? <laughs> Just for your pure sanity. Just remember, look at the bigger picture though. You are sacrificing for the good of all. Now my fourth tip would be get dirty. That's right, get dirty. Once you've sorted out your sunlight, you've got to be thinking about that soil. So you'll spend more time after you've purchased the orchard on this. But it's worth mentioning because there are a few signs as you walk through a property that you can look for. And the sooner that you start thinking about it, the better. So there's all different sorts of soil types, right? And the soil itself can range from acidic to alkaline. So know what crop you want to grow and what soil it likes. Most crops kind of like something between a slightly acidic to neutral. And if you go and buy, say, a bag of shop-bought compost, you'll find that 
that tends to be a bit more alkaline. So you need to adapt. You need to add in a bit of sulfur or something to restore a balance. The soil in my orchard tends towards being a bit acidic. It's kind of older, it's compacted a bit throughout the years. And so I add in lime each year to help break down that soil. Check what is happening on the orchard floor as you wander through. So remember what I was saying about the sunlight? If there is no sward, so sward is like the grass that covers the soil. If there's no sward, this is a warning sign. Alarm bells should be going off. This could mean that there is no sunlight getting through to the floor of your orchard. So start thinking pruning costs, limbs or sacrificing trees. Once you own the property, get a soil test done. Okay, this is a must and get it as soon as possible. This can let you know about any deficiencies and that way you can start your own Pimp My Soil plan, which no doubt will include a fertiliser plan. So you may hear about it when people talk about fertiliser, they talk about NPK. Plants need nitrogen, that's the N, and that helps them grow the foliage, phosphorus for strong roots, that's the P, K for potassium, flowering, fruit set. Nitrogen, well, I mean, there's many forms. I mean, that can come as things like chicken poo, phosphorus, superphosphate. Oh, actually, I'll tell you a good little tip that you can just use in, in your veggie gardens. I chop up my banana skins because they are high in phosphate and dig them into like my radishes, parsnips, carrots, things like that. It breaks down really quickly if you chop them up. Potassium, that can come from things like potash, wood ash. So part of this Pimp My Soil plan should include also mulching, especially before summertime. Remember we talked about sward. So if there is no grass, because there's a beautiful layer of mulch, that's been put down, that actually is happy days. That is great. Mulch keeps in moisture and it's also going to help during the summertime protect your soil from the baking sun. Remember, trees, photosynthesis, they need water. The other thing that mulching does is like it suppresses those weeds and Further along down the track, it actually breaks down and helps form the layers of soil. It becomes a food. The third part of our plan would be companion planting. And for this, I mean, personally, like go for a really healthy sward. I'm all for trying to balance your orchard by as natural means as possible. So here's a couple of tips. If you have compacted soils, you need soil, or you need to break that down. Now, look, why is that? So what I mean by compacted soil is, say you've got a soil where through years of compression of tractors and heavy equipment running over, it's kind of squashed it down, or there's a layer of, of kind of clay in there. What happens there is the, the tree will try to send its roots down through 
that layer. And it's really difficult for it to do that. But there are ways that you can help break down that compacted soil. And one of them would be using plants that really have good kind of tap roots that go down into the soil. So that would be things like uh, Japanese daikon, radish, chicory, yarrow, plantain. Now, if you want to up your organic nitrogen levels, plant things that are pulses, like peas and beans. And if you want to create bulk to your soil, you could put in sunflowers, uh, lupins, mustards. And finally, attract insects. Insects are really important in orchards. Everything from bees to ladybirds. Things to do that with is would be to put in flowering plants. So put in borage. Bees love blue flowers. Anything that's got a kind of a blue tinge to it. So borage. You could also plant parsnip, dill, buckwheat, fennel, clover, alyssum. All of these are good. All of these are going to help with that soil. And my final tip. Just a quick one here. Buy a tool belt. Oh my gosh, I learned this the hard way. Every morning now when I head out, I strap my toolkit on. It has a double pocket. It's kind of a leather one and a place to hang my secateurs from. My phone goes into one pocket and my keys go into the other. So I have like tractor keys. I have multiple sheds around the property, uh, which I keep locked all the time. And I wear this belt morning to night. I say I learned it the hard way and I really did. Before I got a tool belt, oh, I spent hours and hours hunting for phones that I had been carrying around the orchard, put down, could never find. Keys. Every time you bend down, if you've got keys just like in your trouser pocket, they would pop out. And then I would, oh, trying to find keys on an orchard, near impossible. So this has been the best under $100 purchase I have made on the orchard. And I'm not joking. It changed my life. Buy a tool belt. How simple is that? Anyway, that's me for today. So look, I hope you've got a few little handy tips there. Remember, dream on. You can do this. Size matters. Make sure that your dream fits the size of place that you're going to buy. You want to have sunshine. That's what makes plants grow and you want to get curious about soil and finally grab yourself a tool belt yep that one little tip under a hundred dollar purchase change your life so hey have a great week thank you so much for joining me i look forward to well having a tune in next week all the best it's bye from Alex at Flowerhood. My heartfelt thanks for listening all the way to the end of this Flowerhood podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Please subscribe to the show, like and review it on your favourite player. 
Be part of the greater Flowerhood community. Join the Flowerhood Facebook group and find show notes and information at flowerhood.com. I can't wait to share the next episode. Until then, hey, why not stop and smell the roses? Mm.